Chapter 20 of History of England in Words of One Syllable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. History of England in Words of One Syllable by Helen W. Pearson. Chapter 20 Queen Annie and the Georges. Annie was made queen on the death of William the Third. She meant well, but she was weak and let her friends rule her. The one who could do as she chose with her was Sarah Jennings, who was the wife of a man in the troops by the name of John Churchill. This man was so brave, he was in time made a peer. The Duke of Marlborough. Though Annie was on the throne, the Duchess was the real queen. The Duke went out with the troops to fight the French, so that they should not get the throne of Spain. The English took Gibraltar, and have kept it from that time. Marlborough, with the German prince Eugene, beat the French in a great fight at Blenheim. For this the queen gave him a grand place and a fine house, to which they gave the name of Blenheim. Marlborough won more fights, and his wife took on more airs and grew so proud that she thought that the queen could not get on save by her help. At times she brought the poor queen to tears by her harsh words, for she sought to rule her in all things. At last the queen could bear it no more. She broke with her friend the Duchess, and brought Marlborough back in the midst of his fame, and so she was set free from her bonds. There were some who thought it time to end the war with France, but the Whigs did not like to give it up while England won. Marlborough did not keep his health long, for it was a great blow to him to be brought back in the midst of his fame. In the time of Annie, the Parliament of Scotland and that of England were made one. This did not please some of the Scots, and they went on the side of the Jacobites. If the young James Third, as he was known by the Jacobites, would have sworn to join the English church, he might have had a chance to reign. But he was too strong in his faith, so Annie would not help him. In Queen Annie's time, there was some great men who wrote books that we read to this day. Pope wrote his verse then, and there was one book that all young folks read now. The name of it is Robinson Crusoe. Queen Annie had a hard time with her Tory friends. She was mild and fond of peace, but they would not let her have it. The stroke which was the cause of her death, is said to have been brought on by a fierce scene with them. Tea came in use in Annie's reign, 
it was brought from china it was the mode to drink it out of small cups clear and thin as an eggshell mr addison wrote in his reign a news sheet once a week which held up to scorn the faults of the day the name of it was the spectator you know the princess sophia had wed the elector of hanover and she was to have the throne when annie was dead but she had been the first to die so her son george was now the heir he did not care much for it and he was so fond of the land of his birth that he is said to have stayed at home for days in hopes that the english would take james stuart for their king but they did not so at last he had to set out he did not know much english and had to talk bad latin or french he did not bring his queen with him for he was on bad terms with her and had shut her up in a great house like a jail in germany he had a son george who had a bright young wife caroline of anspach but the king did not seem fond of them and did not let them stay long in england the jacobins who had made no move in the right time to get the throne for james stuart rose when it was too late the white rose was the jacobite mark and they wore it when they fought two fights on the same day one in england and one in scotland the first was at sheriff muir and was left in such doubt that there is a scotch song of it in this wise some say that we won and some say that they won some say that none won at amman but of one thing i'm sure that at sheriff muir a fight there was that i saw mon and we ran and they ran and they ran and we ran and we ran and they ran away mon the english fight was at preston and the jacobites lost and were for the most part thrown in jail so that when james stuart who was known as the chevalier came to land he found no friends and had to go back to italy where he spent the rest of his life the childs of the jacobins were sent to london and three of them had their heads cut off the wife of the earl of nithsdale made out to save him she went to see him in the tower and took a tall dame with her who wore two sets of clothes this dame went off then when it was time for a change of guard the earl put on the clothes she had left and with the hood low on his face went out the wife stayed for a while and went on with her talk as though the earl were there till the time came when it was her wont to leave him then she too went out and met her lord and they hid till they could get to france 
England grew in wealth while George I was king. In India, towns sprang up where there had been but a house of trade here and there. But the English did not like George I, and he was not fond of them. He spent most of his time in Hanover. As he drove there in his coach one day, someone threw in a note to him. While he read it, he had a stroke and was dead in a few hours. Someone said that note spoke of his sins to his wife, whom death freed in the house where he had shut her up long. The death of George I was in 1725. There was a change in the mode of dress in this reign. The wigs were worn small, and young men wore their own hair, with a sort of white dust on it, and a long tail at the back known as a queue. The dames wore their hair in a high pile on the tops of their heads, with the same white dust on it, and they had great hoops and high heels to their shoes. They thought, too, a black patch on the face here and there made them look more fair. All took snuff in those days, so a fine, rich snuff-box was part of one's wealth. The reign of George II was full of wars. He was the last king of England who was in a fight. This was at Fontenoy, and was part of a great war to fix who should be emperor of Germany. France and England were not on the same sides. Charles Edward Stuart, the son of James, who had been known as the Chevalier, thought there might now be a chance for him to get back the crown of his race. He was a young man of fine looks, and when he stepped on Scotch soil, he won all hearts, and the Scots brought their clans to fight for him, so that he soon was at the head of a great force, with which he took the town of Edinburgh. Most of the English troops were off in Germany, so he won the fight at Preston Pans and took up his march straight on into England. There was a great fight for the clans in their plaids, with long swords and strange speech, were like some wild tribe to the London folks. They might have swept all in their way if they had not grown so homesick in the strange land that Charles Edward had to let them turn back to their hills once more. Then the English troops got back in time to chase them, and they lost men each day. But they made a stand at the Heth of Culloden. There, there was a great rout, and the prince had to fly for his life and hid till he could find a way back to France. The Duke of Cumberland was not mild with those he took in this fight. All those who had lent aid to the young prince were put to death at Carlisle for the most part. 
This rise was known as the Rebellion of the Forty-Five, as it took place in 1745. There were wars by sea and land in the reign of George II. In America, where some of the French and English had found homes, they fought and had a hard time, and the red men were now on this side and now on that. In the East Indies, too, the French and English had made ports of trade. But all at once the Indians came down on Calcutta. Those of the English who could got off on ships, but those who could not were shut up in a small room in the most hot time of the year. There were 146 of them in that place, with no air, and were in such a crush that they could not breathe. When dawn came, not much more than a score had life left in them. This is known as the Black Hole of Calcutta. But next year England, with Colonel Clive, won back Calcutta, and at last made the French leave India. The death of George II came when he was quite an old man. His son Frederick was dead too. So his grandson, George III, came to the throne. End of chapter 20